With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Empire. You thought you knew, but you have no idea. It's the urban sports scene. You are listening to the urban sports scene with Wole and Will T, the homie Ray Jeezy's out, but he'll be back on for another segment. And we are part of Empire Media at AmpPyramedia.com. What is going on, Will T? Nothing much, man. Wednesday, 22nd. Um, mm. It's going to be a good night, 10 p.m. Mm. Snowfall. Snowfall? I don't watch that show, man. You not in, You don't watch Snowfall? I'm, I told Ray, because me see, and Ray, see, Ray and I, I'm going to tell you why, though. I'm going to tell you why. Okay. I'm not hating. Right. No, I, you know, I usually hate. I'm yes, not yes, hating. you do. If, if, if it's not, popular, yeah. you hate it, and it's then you'll watch it. Thing. Four seasons yeah, later, exactly. and then you'll this say, "Oh, this is like that." It's true, but I, this is not. This is not that. This is not this. This is not this situation. Excuse me. Okay, so what's um, the situation? Dave? I'm. Just, I was just late to the game, and I, I'm so many seasons behind. I don't feel like it feels like a lot of work. It's not a lot of work. How many seasons behind? How many? So this will be the there? start of the sixth season. That's a lot of work, man. It's not. That's a lot of work. How many episodes a season? About ten. That's not bad. Actually, it's not bad at all. That's not bad. Actually, I started um, just to you know, yeah, refresh yeah. myself. I started watching uh, season five. I, wa- I rewatched season five. I started, I think, like uh, Saturday night. Mm-hmm. I'm almost done. Wow! So then, um, you just re- oh, you you do that? You rewatch? Uh, you go back a season, watch the whole thing? Yeah, I like to analyze certain tidbits I might have forgotten about in the storyline, just to make it cohesive, and it goes into the next season. So. Um, I'm not going to make it through all of season five mm-hmm. because I think I'm on episode nine mm-hmm. before I left to come over here. Okay. Um, so in the last couple of days have been hectic, so I haven't had a chance to watch all of that. My my, my plan was to get through all 10 mm-hmm. episodes of season five uh, by yesterday evening, but that didn't happen. All right. So question is, is, this, is Snowfall better than Power? Yes. Really? In my opinion, yes. Like, the ghost form of power, or or any form of any form of power, ghost power is better than ghost power it's, too. Yes, in my opinion, yes. Okay, I gotta watch it. You're saying it's better than ghost power. I mean, like I like ghost power. Like that's my guy. <laughs> I mean, at, at at a certain point, like the original power became too. I know. I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah soap opera yeah, and yeah. it's like, what can we do now to stun the audience? Yeah. Ghost you know, power, too, it became too formulaic okay. at a certain point. There was so many. I'm not going to get. Ghost yeah, I mean, was it, 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 it was good. I mean, it was it, it, for the first. It was good for for what it was for what it was worth. Well, it's coming. You know, it's, co- it's coming back with another season. It's coming yeah, up. It's, uh, it's, book two. Book, book two, two is when next week. Uh, no, the seventeenth. Seventeenth of March. Yeah, that's what's up, man. I've been into, you know fifty props to fifty though. Um, I'm in the BMF. Killing, yeah, BMF. I'm, I, I'm, I love it. I love it. You, I, I go back. So I'm like, I'm so like now. I'm such a so so a now. Nerd is now. that so? That's one of the shows that you. I you, love you it. Caught? Did you catch it from oh, the beginning? I, from the beginning, I caught that from okay, the beginning. Right. So I go, I go back because you know Southwest, Southwest. He, he out, he out in the streets, yeah, man, for real. Yeah. So I'm trying to find an interview with him. You know, I'm trying to find all the people. I found it. I found this girl because she was on. You seen the, the um, do interviews all people, folks from hip hop and even drug dealers or whatever. DJ Vlad. Yeah. Okay. So I saw the interview with DJ Vlad. Uh, with his, with the chick who plays Lala. Okay. Yeah, I saw that. Okay. That was cool. I haven't watched that. Yeah, man. Like I'm, I'm all into. It. I saw the real uh, Beast Lamar. Yeah. That dude. That dude's That dude crazy. The real one is crazy. You can see it. He's trying to play. He tries to be PC, but he's crazy. It fits. I'm, a, I'm gonna say that much. It fits to me. So I, I don't know if you know. And before we. Um, we're getting, yeah, we're getting, it's yeah, all we're getting, good. We're getting off, uh, <laughs> off subject, but you know, he they they also had like a 
another documentary on it on Stars, right? Yeah, so I watched that. I okay. watched that. I went through his whole rabbit hole. That's how I started, though. So I watched the documentary, like, okay. and then yeah. I started looking on stuff on YouTube. But I was, I was just pressed. I just wanted to see. You wanted like, to be as formed. I, I, I want to know everything. I want to know everything, and because I wasn't, you know, it's wild. Because I wasn't. I'm not going to hold you. Like I've heard about Big Meech, but I didn't know 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 about Big Meech. You know what I'm saying? Now mm-hmm. I'm only getting and I'm getting informed by Big Meech because of BMF. But I was like, there's more to this. Like it, this this they're telling the story, but all of this can't be true. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not. They tell they give they give you the disclaimer that all of this isn't true anyway in the beginning yeah, of the it's fiction. Yes, yeah, it's fiction, it's fiction, right? So then I go back and I'm going to see like all the interviews, put two and two together. The dude that plays um, Meech's homie, the one that the cops. B. The, Mickey? B. Mickey. Yeah. I, I saw an interview with the real B. B. Mickey. Really? Yeah. Wow. Vlad got all of them. <laughs> he got all of them, bro. Got to watch it though, y'all. I'm telling you, it's dope, man. Hey, just search it on YouTube, bro. He has a whole bunch of them. Then I was on Freeway. Rick Ross. Yeah, yeah I was on. I was looking, I looked so, at his stuff too. Yeah, so basically, Snowfall is based loosely off of Freeway. Rick really? Ross. Yes. Oh, I'm gonna see that because I've been enamored with him too. Yeah. When so, BT had the little American. Um, I got enamored with him when BT had the um gangsters, American, American gang- gangsters. gangsters yeah, yeah. So I'm not saying that like it's a a fictional representation of his life, but yeah. Franklin Saint, that character it's is based, based off Rick, of Rick Freeway Rick Ross. Okay, I gotta check this out then. I definitely, I'm gonna check it out. Alright, man, I, I mentioned Amp Pyre Media earlier before we were talking about this whole, like, the whole gang gang life, BMF, Snowfall, 50 Cent, you already know what time it is, Power. Anyway, Amp Pyre Media hosts multiple DMV sports podcast shows, such as the John Kime Report, hosted by ESPN Washington Commanders insider John Kime, and Jones Football, hosted by USA Today insider Mike Jones. And you can subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. Just search the Urban Sports Scene. Make sure to subscribe. Uh, let's try that again. <laughs> Make sure to subscribe to our Urban Sports Scene YouTube channel as well. This show could be found on Podcast DC, the local app with hundreds of options in local news and health in the DMV region. Download Podcast DC app to hear all of the Empire shows as well as other great content. Don't forget to tweet us at Urban Sports Scene. Hit us up on IG at Urban Sports Scene and like our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. Hey, also join our Urban Sports Scene Facebook group. Search Urban Sports Scene. Sports bloggers, sports podcasters, and sports debates. Will T. Let's get into our tradition of pregame. Here's what we have on tap. We'll talk about the Washington Commanders hiring Eric Bieniemy as their new offensive coordinator at 820 as part of HBCU Corner. We'll discuss the rise of the of MEAC men's basketball. Finally, we'll talk about Ryan Garcia and Javante Tank Davis. Uh, they both signed the signed the fight for April 15th. All right, we'll see. All right, last Friday, the Washington Commanders hired Super Bowl champion offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy. What did you think about that hiring? I mean, late fan. I want to know from two perspectives. Go ahead, bro. One, as the fan, and two, as you who does this. What do you thought? What do you oh, okay. So or, 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 or are they one and the same? Kind of, kind of. Uh, I thought, for me, I thought it was a great, great for the organization to get a good guy like Eric Bieniemy. Um, I think everybody. I don't want to be redundant. I think everybody has the overall, the overall. Most not say everybody, but most people, most of the people, most people, most people, most, most folks with common sense have the overall opinion that this dude should have had a head coaching job. So I'm put that out there. Like I believe that it's it's unfair for him to take an OC job. He should have a head coaching job. I believe that. Like I, I'm I'm for that. Um, and I think it is unfair that he has to go to another team to prove it. Right to prove that he can be a head coach. Like, cause he can that he can scheme up good offense by himself, knowing even though he's with Andy Reid, and we've seen examples, and we said this before, we've seen examples of Eric of other folks under the Andy Reid tree be able to be good, uh, uh, successful head coaches, right, and not be able to and not call plays because Andy Reid calls plays, right? We've seen that. Yes. So th- that's out there. Uh, but in terms of this team, and and for Eric Bieniemy, um, he's getting a, he's getting a bump in pay. Um, he's getting a multi a multi year deal. He didn't have that in Kansas City. So a two year deal. It's yeah. reported. Yeah, but a multi year deal had never had that in Kansas City. Um, he's the assistant head coach. He gets to, he gets to hire gets to, he gets to bring in his own staff. He has full autonomy of his own staff. So he has he has a lot of control 
within that offensive side of, of the football. You can honestly say that he's the head coach of offense. You can make that. You can make that assess. You can make that. If that if you if you want to have that opinion, if you have to have that thought going into the season, I think it's fair to say that you can think that. So for him, for all the for for the unfairness of not being a head coach, this is the best case situation for him in terms of showing being able to run your own team or run run your own side. Okay. Uh, oh, now that that look that look and that point was for me to give. Yeah, my thoughts. yeah, yeah. Because okay. yeah, not just, just me. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. No, I get it. I get it. I get it. Um, I, I stated last week, kind of my, you yeah. know, not kind yeah. of, but my opinion. I had very strong thoughts. Um, that why should Eric Bieniemy have to after five years, um, being a part of a staff that's gone to five straight AFC championships games, three and three Super Bowls, winning two of those Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. That um, he has to take, in my opinion, I'm not. It's a promotion from a. It's a promotion from the standpoint of responsibilities and yeah. title, but if you're asking me, it's a demotion in circumstances, and I only say that because one, it's um, we don't know what's going to happen with ownership. Mm-hmm. Um, two, you certain aspects, particularly the quarterback position, it is a. I think it. It would be fair to say it's a downgrade, yeah. right? Oh, from, not fair. It's, it's, it's a guaranteed right, downgrade. Right, coming from, from Pat Patrick Mahomes to, to Sam Howell. Yeah. Um, and three, um, everything that surrounds this organization has kind of gone on over the past couple of years. Um, so I think from that perspective, it's kind of a demotion in, in, the, in the work environment, right? But, you know, ultimately he's getting a chance. Or And if you don't agree, you know, feel free to – No, I'm not going to let you. I got to let you talk first. Yeah. I'm not going to – no, I'm not going to be – No, if you don't agree, go ahead. I'll no, give you a what I'm saying – under – yeah, I think under Rivera, with him running the ship, mm-hmm. at, you know, in terms of the environment of the team, it's different from uh, pre-Rivera, right? Mm-hmm. I'm talking about outside, like when we were talking about yeah. the scandal whatever. And – to be honest with you, there is, there is going to be a new owner. Like so, there, that's the thing. There will be a new owner. It's pretty much ninety. If you look reports, it's ninety percent. Well, he's it's going to be a new owner. The chances are qu- quite high. If you want to gamble, <laughs> gamble on that. You know what I'm saying? Chances are quite are quite high that we're, they're going to have a new owner. So I don't think that the environment is going to be an issue for him to coach. It's going to be to to, to be successful. I just feel like when you look at what he has. Just off weapons alone, right? You mentioned the quarterback. It's all about the quarterback, but there is, but there's a quarterback to me that has potential. Like Sam Howell has potential. Not to say that he is, he's not Patrick Mahomes. You know, he's none of, none of that. But he does have weapons even around Pat, uh, around Absolutely. Sam Howell. You got Terry McLaurin. You got Jahan Dotson. You got Curtis Samuel. You got you got Brian Robinson. You got uh, Antonio Gibson. You have so many weapons to even make life easier for a young quarterback. You know what I'm saying? So. I'm, I'm just saying there are things for him to be successful on this team. There are other teams he could have went to with no weapons that could have been far worse. Well, let me say – okay, well, let me backtrack. A less stable situation. Yeah, okay. I think I A less stable oh, very, situation. Very good point. Very good point. Um, but, you know, he's he's determined to make to be a head coach. And this is – look, if he makes Sam Howe look like – there are yeah. 32 quarterbacks True. in the NFL. If Sam Howe ends up from a rating perspective and a performance perspective that we all see for my eyes as a as the 17th best quarterback, oh, man. that's – But I'll say this too, to, okay. add, to yeah. add to this though. To your, to your point, like how bad was their, was their offense last year? Seven, seven, average about about eighteen, seventeen, eighteen points. Yeah, no, but this is what I'm saying. Like if, if we if, – if people and – if people yeah. – for some reason, believe that Sam Howell is at least an average, yes. a, a competent starting quarterback, yeah. being a fifth round draft pick mm. who started one game, who's under, who's undersized. Mm. I think he will have done a lot. He 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 will have surpassed what people people's expectation, yeah. especially if this team averages about twenty two yeah. points a game. And this is my thing about even Sam Howell. Like I feel like the whole Sam Howell people, Sam Howell. If he came out early, he would have been a first-round pick. He was. He's rated first-round pick. All his weapons left. Yeah, he, he thought he just ran the ball more as, a, as the quarterback. He ran the ball more. Still put up good numbers. North Carolina's probably North Carolina's best quarterback ever. Best quarterback in terms of stats. 
No, nah, the quarterback they had this year. Is... Oh, well, I'm saying before okay, that when he came okay, out. When right. he came out, sorry. When he came out. He was – but – and even in the, even in this draft, that draft, a lot of people still had him rate, 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 like rated second, second round, third round. At, at the latest, like at the latest second round, second round, they thought they got Washington got him at value supposedly at, at the fifth round. Just saying that, and in the last game of the season, he played pretty. He played pretty well. In the last game of the season, he played well. I mean, he played. I well. mean, I'll, For, I, I, he played let, well. Okay, let's be honest. Yeah. Outside of the one touchdown that first pass, that's not it. He threw the pass to, to Terry. Dropped. He threw. He threw a bomb. Threw a bomb on stride to Terry. He had like four or five wildcat plays. Real talk, bro. Real talk. Okay. Just saying, he had a, he he wasn't it wasn't a it wasn't a bad game. It was very for a dude that's played one game this season, then getting getting get all the reps to play had to had to play that way. And in comparison to the dudes he that he was that were playing over him, he was he was solid. Okay, so answer this question. Fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. Eric Bieniemy is successful if if Eric Bieniemy is successful if Washington. Can average 20, 20, about twenty five points, twenty to twenty five points. Okay. To me, I think he's successful. He's yeah. already, he's better than what you had prior, and you know that you're you're on to come up. Because when you if you have the defense that they play they put out there with a guy, now you have an offense who can score a respectable NFL can be a respectable NFL offense. You should be a better football team because okay. you were you were able to be what eight eight and one. With a horrendous offense, okay. you know what I mean. Like it wasn't. That's not an NFL offense. I don't care what. Any, that's not an NFL offense. Period. Like in in today's NFL, modern NFL, where they want they allow you to score. Like you know what I mean. Like the like their penalties are are advantageous for an offense. You know what I mean. Like mm-hmm. and you can only drum up about eighteen. You have games you can score only eighteen against and against subpar defenses though. Not even elite defense against subpar defenses. That now that that says a lot to me. So I'm just saying, like anything that if the enemy can get them to score twenty to twenty five, oh he's 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 winning. Okay, you know what I mean. Um, George has a comment. We'll read this real quick on the chat. Right. George in the chat says, if Sam Howell has a good year, thirty five hundred plus yards, twenty plus touchdown passes, less than ten interceptions, and Washington wins ten plus games, does just does Ron Rivera? Move upstairs and be enemy. Become the head coach in twenty twenty four. Well, George, someone took, on Twitter came up with uh, with that scenario for him. Go well, ahead, George. You came up. You you took my my he question. Did. Did yeah, because my, okay. my, my next question was, okay, let's say this team. We we yeah. There's rumors. Yes. That Ron Rivera isn't long for coaching this yeah, team. It's right? coaching life. It's coaching <laughs> life, right? Um, he's he's essentially the chief. Football operations czar, right? Yeah, so everything uh, runs through him. He makes the the decisions with regards to football operations, yes, correct? If sure. that, if yeah, that's, you are right. That's the bro. power structure. You okay. are right. Um, and you've alluded to this um, in one of our text messages, yeah. um, where you believe that Eric Bieniemy may have come here with a wink, wink, hand, wink, wink, it. nod, handshake. I believe that it. Ron Rivera may as- eventually ascend to the front office and. This could possibly be Eric Bieniemy's team. Yep. Do you think that is still in play, or do you think that is? Do you think for now that's something that fans and and followers of this team shouldn't even concentrate on? They should just concentrate on Eric Bieniemy doing a great job. Oh, that's the That's too. I think that is in play, but I do fans. I think fans should need to concentrate on Eric Bieniemy doing his job. Though I do think it's in play, though. Okay. I, I think it's in play because. It's okay. Let's let's go back. Let's go into let's go into the past, right? Let's go into the past a little bit. Mm-hmm. Saying there is a new owner, right? Yes. He's not married to Ron Rivera as a, as a coach. He's not. Um, in the past, when um, when Snyder came to DC, North Turner was the coach. He inherited North Turner. He was not in love with North Turner, and North Turner took the team to the postseason. They won a playoff game. They beat Detroit. Almost be, and then they played Tampa, lost to Tampa, blah blah blah. He didn't like, and he and he didn't like, like the quarterback. He didn't like the quarterback. He didn't he like, uh, no, he didn't like uh, Brad, Brad Johnson. Johnson. Brad Johnson. He liked Jeff George. You know what I'm saying? So he's not enamored. So the, the new owner. My point is that my, the new owner will not be enamored with Ron Rivera, especially if you've seen what Ron was doing prior to him being, being there. If you're buying this team, you're doing your research. You're doing your due diligence. Go ahead. 
let me ask you this though: If he's not enamored with Ron Rivera, uh-huh. do you? Why would we think that he would keep? He would keep. He would keep. That that I don't. That I won't get uh, his whole staff. We talk about him in, his, as, in the front office. He would keep him in the front office and his staff. I can't. I can't guarantee that's going to ha- that he will keep Rivera. I think the safest person, in my opinion, is the enemy. Not Maga Jack. Huh? <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> Let's keep it a buck. Maybe, dog. I can't even hold you. Maybe. Hey, I can't, yeah, I won't even lie. I won't even lie to you. Uh, on Twitter, about the move, uh, my man Commander Jay Dilla, Premier Wonder, says, Love the move. I believe he is more impactful than given credit, and he will show that. Andy, Andy Reid mentioned how huge EB was for them in the, in the second half, um, po- second half post, uh, post game for the Super Bowl. That's the, that's because those fake jet motions were where the receipt uh, where the receiver reversed back to the outside were were his idea. I think you, Will you mentioned that last week, right? Yeah. yeah so yeah, I, I agree. I think I don't like. I guess that's my thing. That when we talk, we can talk about a little bit. Um, I don't like how some of these folks out the pundits. That's that, what. Yeah, that's why I was going. Go ahead. I'm gonna let you go with it. Go with it. Go with it. Okay. Bro. So over the couple, last couple of days, there have been some criticisms. Right. Yeah. One of the criticisms was from a. Former player LaShawn McCoy, mm-hmm. who has some sharp criticism uh, about Eric Ben Eric B where he specifically stated that the past game was all Andy Reid. Yeah. Andy um and Eric Bienemy is essentially a, a glorified running back coach who's acting as the offensive coordinator. Right? So you've had that criticism, then you've also had some criticism from the pundits who stated and some people who are um close you know, close in NFL networks or not networks, but close in NFL Acho. circles. Circles, <laughs> right? Who who stated that Eric Bieniemy um isn't involved in the, the design of the offense and um hasn't called the plays. What do you as a as a follower of the team and also someone who does this, yeah. What do you think about the thing? I'm about like, that? look at the source. That's all I'm saying. Look at the sources. Like we when we do this when we do anything in life, we we write papers, we do this, look at the source. And look at the background. Um, look what Shady McCoy said prior to him leaving Kansas City. And then you're there for one year. So how much intel do you get for that from that one year, right? Let's be honest with you. Things change after year to year, right? Right. So you don't even know after that. Maybe that year you, you could have been, you could be factually right for that one year. You could. But who's to say after that year something changed, right? Patrick Mahomes came out and said um, EB, Eric Bieniemy. Did a lot for him. Uh, um, did a lot for him. And you said it. You said this on the show last week that Andy Reid credited him for this. What happened in the second half? Yeah. If so, and we and that was a lot of throwing the ball. I didn't see a lot of. It wasn't a lot of running the ball. I mean, they ran. I mean, what's his name? Young boy number ten ran Pachenko. pretty well. Pachenko ran the ball well, but they were referring to those red zone plays. That looked like passing plays to me, right? Right. I mean, and then you got, I mean, you, but you also had people who stuck up for BNME. You had Tyreek Hill came out there and spoke up, spoke up for the BNME. Tyreek Hill is one of the more influential playmakers, was one of the more influential playmakers on this on that team. He's a receiver, <laughs> part of the passing game. Yeah. So I'm just saying, like, look at the resources. I mean, I feel, I don't, what I don't like, and what irks me, and I'm just going to be off of the whole commander segment, what irks me. Man, we only got a few of these brothers out here, man, trying to get this job and, and show themselves that they can be head coaches. And you trying to tear this man down. Off and to me, ain't it ain't off of actual what he can actually do or can't do. It's it's personal. It's personal. Because you you are making it you're making it known how you feel. It is personal. And it's off one year. And you don't really have the knowledge to say to go that hard. You can say, preface it this way. In my one year, I in my one year I didn't see him do that much. Well, I will say that he did say during my time, his state his full statement yeah. was during my time yeah. there. Yeah. I did not see but Eric B enemy being that involved in the past yeah. game. So he did say he did preface it by saying with yeah, during he, his time. When he continued it, it, it made it seem like he just wasn't knowledgeable at all. You're right. Yeah. He, he did a lot of prefaces. He said that he even prefaced and said that. I do think he should be a head coach, yes. but blah, blah, blah. It's it's like throwing you, ah, uh, yeah, you should. But you know what? I'm going to give you this backhand slap, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, he knew what he was doing yeah. because he he knew exactly what he was doing. But go ahead. So, I, 
I mean, for me, and, and I know we're running, yeah. we've run over time on our um, for this segment. I'll yeah. say this: a lot of coaches. Let's see, Kevin O'Connell. Yeah, he became the head coach of Minnesota. Yeah, Kevin O'Connell, to my knowledge, had never called plays as an offensive. Co- he was an offensive for a little bit here, a little bit. Like for for here, the last the last three to four games he did here. Okay, last three to but four. But it wasn't games. like I know what you're saying though. Yeah, he wasn't. I know when he went to LA, he did not no, call no, the no, plays because no, no. Sean McVay Faded. called the yeah, plays, yeah. right? Um, then we think of um, we think of Doug Peterson, who was under Andy Reid. He did Same. not call the plays. Yeah. Matt Nagy, I know for one season, for half of a season, He's involved in the in the no for game half game, of a right? season, he did call the plays because okay. that's when Andy Reid seeded play calling um, ability to him. Yeah. Um, so there's a list of. Guys who've been offensive coordinators who haven't called plays. Um, Zach Taylor yep. being one um, in, in Cincinnati who's gotten a head coaching job. But j- I, I'm, I, I'm not pleased with kind of the narrative that's I going around. Narrative, with, man. <laughs> and well, he's never called plays. But we've seen people who have been – who've had the title of offensive coordinator go on to have success as a head coach calling plays in other places. And he, this brother now has to come and be a – also, offensive coordinator and. But why are we even? You're right though, Bob. He has to be an offensive coordinator. But why are we even questioning him as an offensive coordinator doing it though? It's it's one thing. Well, it's I, already I, bad to your point. It's already bad to your point that, that it's screwing him from being a head coach, right? Mm-hmm. It's bad. But he, dude, this this is his title from from last year, and we're screwing and we're acting as if he can't do it here. So the best example that I can give, and this pertains to us, right? Yeah. Um, Let's say I go off and I say I have ambitions of doing my own podcast, cool. which we co- which we both know I clearly have no ambitions of doing. Yeah, that. you have no ambitions at all. Um, <laughs> of doing that. Yeah. Um, and someone says, "Have you ever written a show like yeah. a show like written a show um, topics and you know yeah. um, run sheet?" Yeah. And I'll say no, yeah. but they'll say, "Well, you can't be a podcaster." Yeah. Because you know. To your credit, you write you yeah. write the outline and you come up with um, the majority of the materials yeah. that we do that we talk about during yeah. the show. Does that mean I'm not qualified to go have my own podcast? No, nah, I mean you're just as qualified. Yeah, well, I mean, my, my, even my opinion, I, my opinion would be that you see me do it. I'm sure you've learned from it. You watched. I, I emailed. I email you the the uh, scripts, right? The outline. So you're smart enough to come up with to tailor it to your own way, to your own style. Yeah, so I, so I, so I think, so I, I Bro, it baffles good, me why I don't, un- why people just automatically think because he's never called plays, he won't be successful, or he can't, or he can't do it. Yeah, man. Uh, my man George said Lashawn McCoy is bitter and t- twisted, and most of what he said should be taken with pounds of salt. Uh, my man uh, Cornelius said Ron gotta go. Regardless, I hope the new owner keeps Eric, but releases Ron to the streets. <laughs> And he also said Acho is a clown. He he can he can go to hell. <laughs> hey man, I'm not gonna go that. I, I'm just I'm saying Acho is that strong. I'm just saying Acho Acho trying to fit a whole different genre right now. Well, I mean, I hate, but you I know how I feel about. Yeah, I mean, I, I have my, I mean, I have my my thoughts about people when given a microphone and given a platform yeah. and things of that nature. Yeah, it's, it's wild. I used to like saying about Acho, but then he's recently he's starting to. Uh, is it Sam Acho? It's Sam Acho, right? One of your people, right? He's Nigerian, yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Your boy. Yeah. Hey, 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 me and Raven dying after that, you know, after your voice of the fake ass. Um, There's nothing fake about that. that <laughs> Wakanda <laughs> accent. There's nothing fake about it. Hey, That's how what? I talk. Hey, yo, I ain't messing with That's you, dog. Hey, yo, Biak, men's basketball has been re- very competitive. We'll discuss this part. We'll discuss this as part of HBCU Corner. Our, our HBCU Corner segment after the break. You're listening to the Urban Sports Lane. For ages. You dig? Deuces on Empire Media. That's EmpireMedia.com. <laughs> Straight out of ATL. Got young one. Jumping that thing, baby. Swiss beats. Full surface. Come on. Come on. Come on. Underground downtown, I might just start. Give me the keys, 
to the city, I'ma lock this They ain't gon' take me alive, and you can bet that Hit him where the chest at, hit him where the neck at Show me where the rest at They in the same building, living like a mess pack Four miles from where the deck at Bet that, shout it, you and me gon' ride Over to the other side, it's how these motherfuckers die First make a prank call and get the kids out the house Ain't tryna kill no kids, I'ma turn it lights are listening to the urban sports scene with will t ray jeezy and myself bole and we are part of amp pyramedia at amppyramedia.com to close out black history month it's time for the hbcu <laughs> corner in terms of men's basketball the miak conference has been competitive you have multiple teams playing well and vying for the miak championship regular season championship in your recent memory has it has this been the most competitive that you've seen MEAC football. I mean basketball. Hey, Ray. Ray. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you have the current top four teams all over 500 and who have good non-conference wins. This is going to be the first season in my recent memory that I can remember where four MEAC teams all finished this season with winning records. This happened and the season is over come next week. And Merrill Eastern Shore being one of those teams just makes it that much more intriguing because Maryland Eastern Shore historically has not been good. Morgan has had success. Central has had success. But also you got Howard, similar to Maryland Eastern Shore, has not been good in recent memory. And they finished over 500 last year. They're duplicating that success this season. And then, of course, you got Norfolk, which we all know what Norfolk brings to the table. So this is probably, in my time and following, just – not just the MEAC, but in HBCU basketball in general, this is one of the most competitive seasons I've seen. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, Ray. Um, okay. You said that this – first of all, how you doing, sir? Hi, brother. What's up? Um, you said this is – during your time, this has been one of the more competitive regular seasons that you've seen. Um, for it to be successful from the standpoint of, you know, highlighting or a team um, bringing more – notoriety to the MEAC, do you think that there needs to be two teams that come out of the MEAC, or do you think that uh, a team who wins the championship needs to at least get past the first weekend of the um, NCAA tournament? For, for, for I'm going to say the first weekend because yeah. Norfolk beat Appalachian State in that opening round matchup a few years back, but it created no buzz. As a matter of fact, we had Coach Robert Jones on our show right after that, and Essentially, we were the only ones that wanted to interview him. Uh. If if you look at what St. Peter's did, you see their coach, what happened with him? Yeah. Shaheem Holloway got a new job. He was on every show on a freaking sports – any sports network you watch, he was, he was being featured or he was being interviewed because it was a big deal. They made the Sweet 16. So, yeah, not only do you have to make the tournament, you're going to have to survive that first weekend if you want to really bring notoriety to the conference. No, I agree. I think this. I think this is the best the conference has looked in, in forever, man. Like for real. Um, it's definitely in my memory. Um, just because of the competition within, like the four, like just the four teams. You know, some the, the, four, the first the four teams that are like top in the MEAC. You talking about? I didn't even mention Morgan too. Yeah, I'm gonna, and I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about them. Um, you're talking about like Howard, uh, uh, North Carolina Central, um, Norfolk, uh, UMES. You know, these teams have been playing. Great basketball. You mentioned Morgan State just had a big win against Howard yes, uh, on Monday. Excuse me. So, like, and they're all now they're playing each other, trying to battle for or jockeying for positions for the MEAC tournament. I mean, Howard right now is number one. Morgan's uh, Norfolk is two. Um, UMES is three, and, and and Central is four. But they're like Central's playing. I believe Central plays. They play Norfolk and they play Howard to to end the season. I mean two games before the season ends for them, so they have an opportunity to kind of to leapfrog folks. So, like, it is so competitive, um, and, like, we haven't seen that really, you know, the last semi years going into MEAC play because usually when it goes into the season, there's, like, one dominant team or maybe two dominant teams, but now it's to a point that it's all wide open. Morgan State, they're in, they're in, they're in to me, in that situation where they can represent the MEAC in the tournament. Or even for real, um, I'm trying to think of a – like it's fun, it's funny to say this, but Coppin had a big win. Like who did Coppin win beat? Right? They beat uh. Coppin just beat Norfolk. Norfolk, Norfolk we, right? Yeah. I, 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 I want to talk about that though because to me, 
that has kind of an asterisk, and I'll explain why right. after. But I'll say this: a Coppin last, I think, I think last last year or the year before last, they were still bad. Coppin got all the way to the Miac final. I want to got to the Miac the Miac final. I want to say it was year. It was last year, year before. So like they have they've they've shown that they are able to kind of get have some tournament success. So there's there's always a team sometimes that throughout this throughout even the Miac tournament, there's a team that kind of shocks some folks and gets they that uh kind of gets themselves in a, in a position to kind of upset some one's dreams or whatnot. But what you want to say, Ray? Two things is, um, first of all, the MEAC conference used to be so big, fellas, when we were in school, you had a and Bethune-Cookman, FAMU. A lot of times those teams weren't good as well. Mm-hmm. So you would have a larger conference with a lot of teams that had bad records. Mm-hmm. Also, if you include Morgan, Morgan's 11-1. No, I'm sorry. Morgan's 9-1 at home. Central's 11-1 at home. UMS is 10-2 at home. Norfolk is 10-2 at home. Howard is 11-2 at home. These teams are defending home court. That's how competitive yeah. it is. So you typically lose on the road. If you look at all their road records, yeah. obviously they're not, they're not very good. But I mentioned uh, the, the big win for Coppin, but Joe Brown was hurting that game, and that, that really impacts my thought process yeah, moving forward you. for the MEAC tournament. True, true. Joe Brown is definitely the best player in the MEAC. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, when you look at – so for I, we'll go this route then. Um, okay. For name, naming all these squads we've talked about and listed, listed, who would who do you have winning the MEAC? Okay, so considering the injury to Joe Bryant, we were just rolling. How long, how long is he you out? and myself, huh? Is he long? Well, Coach Joe tweeted out today that he's fine, okay. but he only played him seventeen minutes versus Coppin, and he was visibly injured to the point where Norfolk State Twitter went crazy, like, "Oh my gosh, is he going to be okay?" Mm. Not saying Norfolk State can't win without him, but. He is the glue. I mean, at that at UMES, you, they had a UMES their first home loss. He was the driving force. I mm-hmm. love Chris Bankston. We think he might potentially be a second round NBA draft pick, but he has a specific role. So, mm-hmm. if Joe Bryant isn't healthy going to the tournament, that is a problem for me. UMES Mamadou uh, Fafana did not play. He was a key figure in, in terms of ball handling. Of course, Kevon Boy's leading scorer is not playing. Um, Morgan's down three starters, and I say all that to say that I feel like the most healthy team, the most talented team left out there is Howard, who currently sits number one. You got Sean Odom, you got Marcus Dockery, the, the Maryland transfer, Elijah Hawkins, who could be most improved MEAC player. Steve Settle, Jordan Wood, average height of that starting lineup for uh, Howard is about six seven, and they're all healthy. They play well at home, and they've also had some good non-conference victories, including one over Mount St. Mary. They also beat Harvard. I'm, and and they, they played Kentucky pretty tough, although, of course, Kentucky opened that game up. So right now, because of health, health alone, I'm going to say that Howard has the edge heading into the MEAC tournament. Ray, when is the MEAC tournament? Oh, it's the 8th, March 8th. March 8th through March, for, through March 11th. Where is it being? Um, Norfolk. Norfolk. In Norfolk. Okay, so that, I mean, if we just go based off of home records. No, no, I'm not. I know no, it's not fair. being. I no, know, no, no. I know we talked about being, this. No, we talked. Right, I know no. it's not being played at Norfolk University. No, it's Norfolk. It's Norfolk. You're right. No, we talked about this. Um, one would assume that Norfolk, you know, even though they're number two in the division now, um, would have a better than a better shot at winning this based off of the based off of home records. Um, would you agree? If Joe Bryan is healthy, I told Wole as we were heading to Merlin to show that Norfolk is the top dog. And until somebody knocks him off, I don't see them losing. Um, I still feel that way. But with the injury to Joe Bryan, I don't think that home court matters as much as evidenced by Coppin just beat them at Norfolk. And Coppin is second to last in the conference right now. Yeah. So my thing is that like I'm like I, I favor like Norfolk. If you're telling me, I, he has time to get healthy. Like he does have time to get healthy. So I don't, I don't know the injury. So you know what I'm saying. So I can't give you a definitive answer because I don't know the injury. If if it's an in, if if coach says that he's gonna he'll be fine, and it's you know he has two weeks to get ready for it. I mean he can sit him. He can sit him for the next two weeks and have him ready for the tournament. And if you have a healthy Joe Bryan, it doesn't really matter who you play in terms of because like Will said, it's still home court advantage. So you can rest him and still have a healthy Joe Bryant ready for the tournament. So if that's the case. But also I would like to say I'll say a team that because I looked at the schedule and and who they played um and who they competed with and I'm actually I Ray I looked I looked I looked it up and mm-hmm. I you know I was doubting Central. Yo Central competes with was compete with everybody. 
<laughs> like everybody, Central, Central Central plays every, so hard. Yeah, they everybody. Play so, hard, so, but they don't know how to close, so yeah, I can't pick them. Yeah, Sorry. they could compete with everybody. Um, LSU. Um, mm-hmm. they had LSU on the schedule. Was, it was a close game. Um, somebody trying to call me on my own actual phone. They try, LSU. Uh, who else they had on their schedule? I have to look. I have to look it up. But most all most of the teams, the even similar teams that all that, that the Shore played, uh, that Howard played. Those teams that they were getting blown out, Central was in the they were they lost maybe probably by ten or eight points. So they're um, tougher than I that, thought. That, they're tougher than I thought. That's a good that's a good point. And and again, Central also has a key injury to one of their ball handlers. Yeah. Uh, I, coach told us that after yeah. the game, mm-hmm. Lavelle Moton, that they are missing another point guard, which hurt them because UMES presses them and they start to falter down the stretch. Uh, I watched Central blow a fifteen point lead to Howard in Howard. Yeah. But I'll say this. Norfolk with a healthy Joe Bryant lost to Howard at home. I know it was a controversial call at the end, but Howard was right there. Uh, they play next week. That's going to be a good measuring stick. Yeah, uh, I understand the home court advantage. And again, I'm just being real. I think Norfolk is the team to beat. I just, I'm concerned about Joe Bryant. I know two weeks is a lot of time. We don't know the exact nature yeah, of the injury. Yeah. At the same time, uh, that's still a concern if he's not 100% for me. But, uh, I think to some to some level, I'm going off of how Howard is now trending in the right direction. They're trending upwards. Yeah. They they nearly beat Notre Dame last season. Wole, you pointed out that I know yeah. they lost. They, I know they lost one of their best scorers in Kyle Foster, but at the same time, they have a better record this season without Kyle Foster yeah. and Dockery, a Maryland transfer. Th- that dude is hooping, and Shai Odom could have went to any Division One program probably in the country coming out of Sierra Canyon. Yeah. So they have the team to upset. Norfolk in Norfolk, they've already done it. Yeah, uh, and that's why I'm, right now, especially considering health, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Howard, and, even though yeah. my, my mind tells me Norfolk if they if they help. Yeah, so. and also you know the Shore. Um, I'm gonna give my I'm gonna give my school some credit. Uh, the Shore has the probably the best win of all the conference outside of conference. If you look, if you break down all the teams, right? Oh, that Temple win that that is truly the biggest win the that stands win. out. Because you look at all the other teams that these teams these teams that in the MIAC, they've beaten some some teams with a name, but the, if you look at the records of some of these teams that we've all mentioned, the record, it's been a down year for those teams. Um, but when you look at that Temple went for the shore, a Temple's 15-13, to 13, not the greatest year. In the, they're not having the greatest record in the world, but they, they beat Houston this season. Houston. Mm-hmm. One of the best teams in the country. So, like, that UMES has probably, like, the best win out of everybody in the conference in terms of outside of the conference. Um, I'll look, say this. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. My bad. No, go ahead. Go, go ahead. ahead. You good? No, okay. I was saying also. No, no, I, I, if Norfolk is knocked off, UMES, a healthy UMES has a chance. Yeah, but Norfolk is the kryptonite. Go and ahead. And also, bro. you got more. I mean, look at Morgan State too. Morgan State got scores too. Um, you got uh, mm-hmm. Isaiah. You got Isaiah Burke who's dropping about 9, 18, 19 a game. They got and so they got good. They got they have scores. Their secondary scorer Malik Miller is dropping about seventeen. So they have players to score. What you do need, I think, in the MIAC, sometimes teams are offensively limited. And you got guys who can give you twenty a night, close to twenty a night. That's scary for conference play. And we all—I mean, Ray, man, you—I mean, you know, coach out there at Morgan State. He—I he, mean, he's one—he's one of the better coaches in in college. In, in Malik, Malik Miller is injured. I don't think Malik Miller is going to be back based on Coach think Fly. He's going to? He, coach Fly is the commentator for uh, for Morgan State, and he pretty much said Malik Miller is out for the foreseeable future. Now, I don't know for the tournament though, again right? what that what exactly that means. Okay. See, we don't get his, the injury updates, yeah. of course, like the bigger D one programs. Yeah. So, I mean, health is going to play a huge factor. Uh, I just mentioned all the teams that are at the top, except for Howard, are dealing with health problems right now. Yeah, sure. Good point, though. Very good point, man. Very good point. But like, anyway, this is this is still an exciting time because we can talk about this. You know what I'm saying? Like. Yeah, we talking about the MEACs. We talking about Morgan State. We talking about UMES. We'll t- we talking about we talking about our schools, bro. Yeah, I know. <laughs> this is dope, man. Hopefully, man, like, hey, hopefully, um, one of our schools schools make it to the dance and do do some damage. Look, I'm just hoping. I, that- I'm cool with it being Howard. <laughs> they Ray went to Howard now. Like you could tell, you could tell Ray's a Howard. Nah, nah, it's not that. <laughs> I'm just hoping that whatever team makes it to the field of 68 um, advances past the first weekend. And it'll just be because, you know, what we saw with, you know, Prime and um, Jackson State. And then, you know, that hype feeding Mm -hmm. off of, you know, MEAC basketball and someone, a team from the MEAC conference making it past the first weekend. I think it was just it's the momentum, as you like to say that um, we just said that I remember right now we used the word momentum about something. 
Oh yeah, uh, about this show, about this show, bro. The show. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I want to say this too because if you check my article out, I'm gonna make a plug. Yeah, plug that shit. Yeah. Sports bro. Illustrated. The teams typically playing their best basketball this time of year. A la Kimball Walker, Yukon squad. Mm. Um, also, what well, what's the other um, point guard? We had him here with the Wizards for a while that played for Yukon too. Um, oh, I like this. Oh, Shabazz. Shabazz Napier. Okay. They, they they won a title too with, with um, Kevin Ali as coach. When you're playing your best basketball this time of the year, you're dangerous. And right now, Central is is the only team riding a, a winning streak. And like you said, they play everybody tough, no matter what conference tough. you're Don't from. Matter. So Central is somebody to watch out for. I don't like again in the in the tournament you have to finish game. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So that's my concern with them. But they are hot right now, and this it, it's it's close to March. So. Yeah. Again, it just adds to the level of intrigue for our schools, and the fact that the, the conference is on the smaller side to me makes it even that more exciting. I will add this too in terms of um, in terms of like the central argument that the thing that will mm-hmm. help them out in that case and in, in that situation about blowing a lead if they did get a lead is that they're not they would be the underdog. They'd be the supreme underdog, and usually when you're the supreme underdog, that other team gets tight too. They get super tight, so they start to press. Wole, we talked about this the other day off the, off the air, and Will T, you can agree. You don't even have to watch college basketball out here, people who are listening, to know that there are many teams in the top of the field that are, are going to just knock your socks off. Like, there's no team that is head and shoulders above the rest at this stage of the game. It's just not. Typically, you got your powers, Kansas, Duke, Carolina, who you know are going, they're going to win that first-round game by 30-plus points. That's not the case this year. Yeah. So the MIAC definitely has a chance. And well, they, we are making an argument based on what we're saying now. The MIAC could qualify for a 15 seed, my man. Yeah, if they, yeah. But and they could be the number two yeah, seed. They could be number two. Yeah, they can be the number they two. They could be the Houston. They could, they could totally be the Houston. I don't know about being in Houston. Because Houston. They could. <laughs> we know what, like you said, anybody Tem- can be. If Temple be Houston and you and me as Temple is possible. Okay, there you baby. go. There you go. That's true. That's true. Hey, uh, George uh, posted on Facebook. Said still banking on that cha- uh, championship. No, uh, no, no. How? I mean, yeah, he's talking about Norfolk. I guess he, yeah, Norfolk. Yeah, of course. How that uh, Robert, Robert, Robert Jones and Norfolk State have? Yeah. So yeah, Norfolk. Like to to George's point, like Norfolk um, State and Robert Jones, they're they're legit, man. They're the boogeyman. They're the boogie. They're the, that's he's the boogeyman in, in that conference. They they the conference bully, yeah, baby. Are, that's, that's that's what they that's what they are. are. It is what it is. But all right, man. We, we gotta talk boxing, man. Ryan Garcia and Tank Davis fight. Uh, it's fight. It's the fight is going down April fifteenth in Vegas. They made this. They they signed a deal. Hopefully, I'm glad. I'm so happy. We finally get to have that mega fight. We'll talk about that after the break. You're listening to Urban Sports Saying. For ages. Yeah, dig. Deuces on Empire Media. EmpireMedia.com. You are listening to the Urban Sports Scene with Wole, myself, Will, and Ray Jeezy was just on this last fire, um, <laughs> last fire segment that we had. Uh-huh. But he is not with us in the studio today, and yeah. we are part of Empire Media. All right, Javante Tank Davis and Ryan Garcia have signed contracts for an April 15th fight in Vegas at 136 pound catch weight. Are you surprised that the fight will happen, Wole? I'm not surprised. I thought they were doing a lot of smoke uh, on Twitter, on social media, like some real smoke. It wasn't like some of the BS that we see with some of these other dudes. With um, the temperature wasn't like Bud and Earl. It was though. It was like you could tell both dudes really wanted this fight. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it it came at a at a place of respect to us at, at a certain point. Then when you could, then when the fight was get like when you, when it looked like it was definitely going to happen, then you had people throwing shots. But it was a sense of respect. That's when I knew like. 
oh, they want this fight to happen. It wasn't anybody throwing shade at one side. It was like Ryan came out and said, me and Tank want this fight. It wasn't like, the, it wasn't like oh, one person's scared or whatever. And that's why I had the vibe, like, okay, they, they, they want this fight to happen. Like, they want, it to, they, want it to, they want this thing to go down. So, I'm not surprised. I'm, I'm just happy. I'm happy we haven't, we're going to get this. Uh, looking at me because you want me to talk. Yeah, go okay. ahead, bro. Uh-huh. I'm looking at you because I know you're going to say something. No, um, what's today's date? Uh, we are, it's, the, it's February 22nd. February 22nd. Oh, and the fight is what? April 15th. Okay. So that gives you, what, about 30, 35, 40 days to promote a fight? Yeah. If Ooh. this is supposed to be a mega fight, usually mega fights are signed 90 days out and you're given a window to promote the fight to make it as big as possible. Yeah. I say that to say this. Yeah. Um, Sometimes the business of boxing gets involved in what's good, what's best for boxing, gotcha. right? Mm-hmm. And if this is going to be, if this is truly to be one of those generational mega fights, yeah. one of those fights between generational stars, yeah. it needs time to bake, especially okay. in today's climate. So you where, want to be longer? Well, I, I would, I would have hoped that if you was, if you're going to sign the contract yeah. last week. Yeah. I think it was officially announced last week. Yeah, last yeah. Um, that the fight would have been in May, yeah. or possibly, yeah, May towards the end of middle right. of May, That's or right. um, or possibly June, right? Cinco because, de Mayo, maybe they didn't want to do Cinco, Cinco de Mayo. I'm not going to do Cinco de Mayo. No, they didn't want I'm not, to. I, I'm not. You, no, I, I don't think any promoter is crazy uh-huh. enough to do Cinco de Mayo <laughs> Ryan because Garcia. you. No, not Ryan Garcia because you have Canelo and you know that Canelo is going to fight. That's true. That's, That's his day, day right? Yeah. Without officially being his day, we know that it's his day, right? So I, I would have thought, I would have liked, I'm not going to say thought, I would have liked to have seen the fight pushed out to possibly June, June or late May. Um, preferably June because, you know, we just in this economic climate where inflation is so high and things, people are being squeezed by True. everyday purchases just to get by on a day-to-day basis, yeah. people aren't going to necessarily pony up $89 oh, I agree. to watch a fight, right? Well, let, let me ask you this question. <laughs> Would you, given, um, given that you, um, you're a fan of boxing. I am. And, I love um, boxing. Would you pony up the $79 or $89 to watch this fight on pay-per-view? If I had to? If you, oh, oh okay, give it, okay, <laughs> let, 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 me, let me preface it with that, let, with this. Yeah. Given, what is it, 45 days, 45 yeah. days notice. Yeah. Would you are you open to ponying up the eighty five dollars to watching this fight? Let's see. Yeah, it would be a fight that I would pay for. It would be a fight I'd pay for. I, I do think it's a big fight for for different reasons though. Um but I, I, I think it's more of this generation of setting up boxing fights that this happens a lot though. You know what I mean? Like I feel like the build they don't allow things to build up like it used to be. And it's like, okay, we can we can do it this date. It doesn't like they don't want to prolong it like for me, like, I agree with you. Like everything you said, I agree with. But I feel like a lot of boxers do this, though. You know what I mean? Like they, the, the turnaround's quicker than usual. You know what I'm saying? Well, well, maybe, maybe they. I mean, maybe I don't know. Cause I feel like certain fights, the turnaround is quicker. Like when Bud fought Porter, that was quicker than I. That was quicker than I. What thought. do you mean the turnaround is quicker? Like I felt like he had like three months to train, and then they fought. I could be wrong. Though. I just kind I, I felt like it wasn't. Well, they weren't building like for like for like you said for promotional stand, standards. Like it wasn't like the build up. Like when like when Floyd fought Oscar, you had time to build that whole thing. Yeah, it's, you know what I mean. Like it was time. They let that thing marinate before well, it happened. I, I think it's, it's a couple of things. Mm-hmm. Usually when we when when we have a quote unquote super fight, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. You usually have both of the guys who fight. They they'll usually fight like a week apart yeah. or maybe a month apart. True. And you'll start to, you know, it, usually the promotion will start um, after the after that fight in the ring yeah. where, you know, they'll call out the opponent. They'll say, I want this fight. guy next, yeah. right? You don't have that because Ryan Garcia hasn't fought in a while. Ryan yeah. Garcia um, was out, um, out of the sport for a while because of his mental health issues. Yeah. And now I think the last time he fought was in 2022. I want to say. Yeah, let me check that out. I want to say I want to say in the, the summer, yeah, the, knocked, summer of, the summer of the summer of twenty twenty, yeah, the summer twenty twenty two. So he has so he so he hasn't taken a he hasn't taken a um, a tune up fight per se going mm-hmm. into this Javante Tank Davis fight. 
Now, Tank Davis, we know, fought in January in D.C. Um, and had a, a devastating knockout, um, which for most people, yeah. it only heightens their um, heightens their sense of wanting to, to see him fight again. Uh-huh. Um, now, we know that the, I guess, the, the one medium where these both fighters are extremely popular is on uh, social media. Yeah. Right? Both of these guys have that's right, excess July. Yeah, July. 16th. Yeah, July of last year, correct? Yeah, last year. Yes. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see, you know, just how does how does the anticipation for this fight with a, uh, what, like 45-day window uh-huh. to promote it um, in this in this economy. So, okay, so um, yeah, no, some Ray, Ray uh, texted me. Uh, he said that the networks haven't signed yet. Only the fighters, which is holding up the promotion and press conference. He said the networks haven't. Yeah, he said that the fighters have signed it. The networks, the networks. My it. understanding is the networks have signed it. Okay, all right. Um, the the that's fight. A, that's well, yeah, my here. my understanding oh, is no. um, Showtime will distribute the fight, they and will. if there's a rematch, and the only way a rematch could be activated mm-hmm. is if. Um, Tank Davis loses the fight, right. then the zone would carry the fight on oh, pay-per-view. Oh, Tank Davis loses the fight. Oh, okay, for the rematch. Yeah, the, the only Makes way sense. there's oh, the okay. only way there's a rematch is if Tank loses the. There's an automatic rematch is if Tank, Tank loses, loses is automatic if, rematch. Yeah, if Tank loses the fight, then it's an automatic rematch, and then Golden Boy becomes the lead promoter, and the fight would be distributed by the zone. Ah, okay. In the U.S. Okay. Anyway, I mean. I would like to I mean this. I mean, to me, I'm with you though. I would have liked more time for this fight to be prom- promoted because I do think this fight could be big. And since it goes to my next question, in terms of hype, and we and we gotta go back to that that fight, that that first fight though. Not, I think, the first fight. Which first fight? Of of uh, Fury and Wilder. Mm-hmm. Which fight hype is bigger? This fight or Fury Wilder? Because because the let's the, the only reason why Fury Wilder, Wilder was hyped even more because that's because of the first fight. The Fury the, Fury Wilder right. was a much bigger fight because, and I'll tell you why. Because right. you have a guy who's considered an international superstar in Tyson Fury. But he, was he that big when he was an international superstar before the law, before the fight? He though? was the lineal. He was the but lineal you know champion. Yeah, but he was bigger. I thought he was. Bigger after that fight, though I feel like he was. No, he he. Right. From, I mean, it's fair. It's I'm fair. no. I'm just. I'm, I'm just giving you. This is my. No, 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 no. I, no, I actually. I no, but no. I'm actually. I'm listening. I'm not. This yeah, no, just, just. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with fact, you. It's my opinion. I'm with you. Tyson Fury is an international superstar. He's huge mm-hmm. over in the UK, right? Okay, and he has started to true. develop. And you remember, prior to the Wilder fight, he had that knockout on yeah on regular TV on ESPN. He did, and he cuts, started yeah. singing. He started singing, and that's the yeah. thing that kind of made people more interested outside of his performance his personality is the thing that made people more interested in seeing him fight Mm -hmm. and then you had Deontay Wilder an American um heavyweight he was popular at that time strength who was extremely popular at the time and then it was just they were on a collision course and and it and it created the hype for a huge heavyweight fight and we all know that um historically yes the fight that the general public wants to see is a heavyweight fight. fight. Even though over time you start to see the, the, um, the statistics support that the guy, you know, welterweight middleweight that has been particularly when it's Floyd has been the fights that have made history from a pay-per-view buy. All right. So I've had the poll on Twitter says, is the hype for Garcia versus tank bigger than Wilder Fury one? 71% 71% says yes, 29% says no. Um, I don't know, it's hard to go back to that. I'm just excited for this fight. I wasn't excited for Fury Wilder, so I'm biased. I wasn't excited for one. He wasn't? Nah. Why not? I, I just, I'm not a big Wilder fan, though. I, told, I don't like his boxing at all. You know what I mean? And Fury, I, I had, and it's wild, because I, I, I had Wilder winning one, like mentally, before the fight. Mm-hmm. I was like, Wilder's going to win, because I just wasn't. Like, I wasn't a Fury dude either. You know what I'm saying? So I just wasn't big on either, to be real with you. Um, but I ended up having more respect for Fury after the fight, though. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, oh, yeah, he boxes for real. Like, this dude can box. But I wasn't big on the fight. But I was I was not the biggest. Like, I'm not the biggest Wilder fan because, that, to me, I'm not, I'm not for somebody 
going for the home run consistently like that. You know what I mean? You got to set your box. You got to set somebody up before you go for the home run. Um, but yeah, that was me. But that was me though. You know what I'm saying? Like, but I was at a fight party and a lot of people were there. They, they were pro wild. They were excited for the fight. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of I, so to your point, people were amped for the fight. For me, I'm using my biasness though. Like this fight, I want because I feel like there's damage to be had in this fight. There is a hype because the two dudes are knockout dudes, and that's what they about. But go ahead though. Let me ask you this: So your hype, the what gets you hyped about this fight is their fight is the fighters personality or the collision of styles it's a collision of styles man the style to me this is like the the ultimate puncher's fight the ultimate puncher's fight and not to say that these dudes don't have skill because ryan has quick hands he does and tank and box like i've seen it like tank and box when he was hurt i can't forget i want i want to say was it cruz he fought when he was hurt he hurt his hand that wasn't cruz i thought who he, he hurt his hand but he was still able to show his boxing skill i can't think of the fight it was no was it Gamboa? I think it may have been Gamboa. Was it Gamboa? It, I think it may it have been Gamboa. Gamboa. I think you're right. It's Gamboa. So, but he was able to show his boxing skill. So I had more respect for uh, for Tank. You know what I mean? Like saying that oh, in, as, in terms of his boxing skill, his power is is real. You know what I mean? It's real. So, but I just like that these two dudes are going. It will go for it. Let me. Well, let, let me ask you. And I know we're coming up on time, but let Let's me go. ask you this question. Um, we all know because it's been highlighted yeah. that. Tank Davis has gone through some legal issues, right? There was yeah. the um, there was the issue in Baltimore where it was a hit and run, yeah, and there was the, also the issue with his child's mother, and yeah. then he also has some promotional issues. It was seen with him and Floyd Mayweather being on the outs. Yeah. Do you think with a forty five day window until the fight, that's too much mentally to going on around him, and yeah. it could, could potentially lead to a disaster because he won't be focused? I think I think this fight. I think he can get hit. I think he he can lose his fight just off this off off it alone. You know what I'm saying? If you're not focused, it's going to definitely be a detriment to him. Um, but it, to me, to me, it's just a competitive fight. Period. I know a lot of people are like, oh, round is he gonna get knocked? This gonna his block knocked off. But I think if you watch, and I don't want to break down the fight. Cause we're gonna do this later. We, you know what I'm saying? When it when it, when it when it comes close to fight time. But I'll just say this: both of these dudes have shown. The ability to get hit by certain for, by other people with lesser power, you know what I'm saying. So now you're going to go into a fight with two dudes with dynamic power. I just know, like if Ryan has his head out there on Tank, he's getting he's getting, he's getting his block knocked off. But if also if Tank fights Ryan like he fought like uh what's his name um what's the duty for um the dude that 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 Gary been trying to fight um. He has no power though, but he can box. He fought him early, but he knocked Ooh. him out. Oh, Tank knocked the hell out of him. Um, Mares? Was it Mares? Linares? He fought. That was Linares. Huh. Having a moment. No, Santa Cruz. There you go. Okay. Sorry. Santa, Santa, Cruz. Santa Cruz. Santa Cruz. If he fights, if Tank fights, if he fights Garcia like he fought Santa Cruz, Ryan can get him. Because Santa, he let, he let, he was open for Santa Cruz. That's the, I'm just saying it's per, it's a perfect fight because these are these two dudes have knockout power and you can't play with it at all. Like you can't play with it. You know what I mean? And Tank, I would definitely put the, the odds for I mean, to be right now. I would have I'll be in favor for Tank. I think Tank's gonna, gonna get this, but it's it's gonna be entertaining, man. It's going it's that fight to me. It's it's going to be entertaining. I I think most of all, not only will this be a test of Tank's boxing skill and power, but it'll also be a test of his mental focus and um, mental fortitude. Right? Like I said, there's so much going on with him um, that it'll be. I'm not going to say it's going to be interesting because it's not going to be interesting. This young man um, has some issues that he has to deal with with regards to the courts. Right? Yeah. So I'm not going to say that's interesting, but it. It'll just be a testament to his focus, right? Because we always hear of like how the elite athletes block out, have the ability oh, yeah. to block out everything that's going on around them and just focus on yeah. that one goal. So it'll be um it'll be a test of it of, of, of him mentally and um physically. So we'll we'll see, we'll learn a lot about um Tank Davis and we'll learn about a lot about Ryan Garcia. Real, real talk um, about both of them, bro. You know, with this fight and then Ultimately, one of the guys will pro, not probably will ascend to a higher, oh, a next, the next level. level 
um, within the um, echelon of, bo- of of boxing. Yeah, I mean, Tank is already to me darn near, darn near there. Um, but I'm talking about in terms of pop culture and just being a boxer. He's, he's darn near there. But I think it'll take him to another level if he gets this W, or and especially the the fashion he's he'll probably get it. Um, but yeah, my man uh, George said, "Glad it's happening, but but us, but us, it disappoint uh, disappointing that it it's." At a catchweight, okay. But it's disappointing that it's at a catchweight, okay. I mean, that's what had to happen, had for, to the happen. To, for the fight to happen, mm-hmm. you know. So. It is what it is. But I think it's going to be an amazing fight, man. We, we, we've been blessed. Will, we, we, we talk about this, man. We need the, we need people to make these fights, though. I know you're right, though. It should it should have been – it should have they should have pushed it back. And maybe they will push it back with all the stuff that you're talking about. I mean, maybe. Well, no, because I, um, my, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. Tank Davis goes to sentencing for the case in Baltimore in May. Oh, that's okay. So maybe they are trying to rush. They're trying to rush this. Yeah, so, yeah, maybe, yeah. They're, maybe they're trying to rush it because they don't know how that will play yeah. out in the that's, courts. There, so. there you go. Good point. Good point. Hey, man, about the end of the show, man, subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. Just search the Urban Sports Scene. Also, follow us on Twitter at Urban Sports Scene, IG at Urban Sports Scene, and like our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. Make sure you subscribe to the Urban Sports Scene YouTube channel as well. Check out the home of the Urban Sports Scene, Amplifier Media at AmplifierMedia.com. And this show can be found on Podcast DC. Download the Podcast DC app to hear all of the Amplifier shows as well as other great content. All right, man, this has been a dope show. Will T, good work, baby. You know how we do it. You know what I'm saying? Ray GZ, thanks for calling for, for uh, HBCU Corner. You know, we appreciate you, homie. Anyway, you've been listening to the Urban Sports Scene. For ages. Yeah, dig. Deuces. Hey, Mega, lead us out, big homie.